If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Hello and welcome to Tunes and Tumblr Century Club by Atwood Magazine, your weekly shot of what's new in music. Be sure to give both Atwood and Tunes and Tumblrs a like, subscribe, share on all the platforms and tell your friends about us. Right now, my circle of friends consists of all my childhood stuffed animals that I've placed in seats around my dining room table. And as we get closer and closer to post-pandemic, I think that it's getting less cute and more concerning. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'm all bundled up in my ugliest non-denominational winter holiday sweater against the blistering 60-degree cold of Los Angeles, California. That's right, it's that special time of year when we all celebrate peace on Earth and goodwill toward all by feeding the consumerist beast. Please do your Amazon shopping responsibly. And yes, it is indeed another episode of your favorite quarantine format, so we are joined by a special musical guest. Chameleonic Miami band Seafoam Walls are here today to talk all about their latest album, 16, spelled in Roman numerals, and to bless us with an exclusive session performance of their song, C. Stick around to the second half of the episode to hear all that audio goodness. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I found a couple of guys talking about Bitcoin at a party and asked them to join me on the show. And they are... Ryan, your uh, music connoisseur. Pedro, your mixologist. And, oh, one of your stuffed animals is saying something, Anthony. <laughs> you shouldn't talk to yourself alone, Anthony. It just ain't healthy. It was like a flea market country bear. <laughs> like an off-brand Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Spoofy. It's kind of strange how uh, your dad doesn't really look like you. Have you ever explored that? <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> oh my god. You know, and that's the show, folks. <laughs> I have information that might harm you. Do you have capacity? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, guys. You know, <laughs> I wonder if I can have Drew make a diagram of everything I've canonically called you during the intro. Um, there certainly is a lot to swallow. <laughs> Not going to touch that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're still taking a break from the news desk because, spoiler alert, we've started recording way in advance on our immediate topical format. Like real podcasters. Like... <laughs> Sorry, I can't lie to you, dear listeners. So we can't be that current. Instead, we're going to jump back into our new book club segment, Bands and Bookmarks. Ryan, what are we reading today? Joel Whitburn's Pop Annual. And this is the 1955 to 1994 edition. Made in concert with Billboard. This is a book of charts from this period. So I thought it would be fun to explore 
a certain year in pop music, see what was playing, seeing what some of the trends and headlines were. And today, spoiler alert, folks, we will be talking about a single off of Adele's 30. And so as fans know, Adele is never really the age at the time of release, even though they're all named after a certain age in her life. So I think she's 33 now. So it's about each number is an age correlating with the time in her life. So I thought, let's take a look at the year Adele was born, 1988. Um, so let's see. So what's fun about this book is there is a time capsule section and then there's a top 10 charts. They have a whole formula for determining this, but I thought it'd be fun to read some headlines from this year. Um, so we have national headlines, sports, movies, TV, fashion. We don't care about sports. We're going to pass up that one. Okay. (laughs) National headlines, environmental concerns, top the news all year long. (laughs) Oh, maybe our news is current. (laughs) America... (laughs) America's grain production falls 30% during the worst drought since the 1930s. Oh, dear God. Four million acres burn in three months, half of which are within the Yellowstone National Park. Medical refuse litters East Coast beaches. Rising global temperatures lead to speculation on the greenhouse effect. <laughs> now, is that this year? Are you sure this isn't 2021? <laughs> so, it's For all, real. so it's all happened before. T- uh, movies. Top honored Rain Man. Academy Award winner for Best Picture and Dustin Hoffman's performance as Best Actor surpasses the ticket sales of box office moneymakers who framed Roger Rabbit, Coming to America, Good Morning Vietnam, Crocodile Dundee 2, and Twins. Jodie Foster takes home her Oscar for Best Performance in The Accused. The Cosby Show receives the highest primetime ratings. Runner-up is the debut sitcom Roseanne, followed by A Different World, Cheers, and 60 Minutes. Let's see. Sensational topics guarantee large TV talk show audiences as Jimmy Swaggart's sex scandal, the Mike Tyson-Robin Givens fiasco. Fiasco is a kind word. (laughs) And the resurrection of Elvis Presley eat up much airtime. Resurrection? Did they they, uh, reanimate his corpse? What are they talking about? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When did he die? When did Elvis die? I think it was 76... Wait, no, 73? I don't know. Something like that. It was in the 70s. Yeah. Call in. Tell us when Elvis died. I think that was probably when the conspiracies kind of started, um, saying that he actually wasn't dead. Oh, that he was, like, abducted? Yeah. That he went home? <laughs> and here's, I... here's my favorite. Fashion. Long locks and ripped jeans are in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still true. All right. 1988 <laughs> top artist debuts. Keith Sweat. Hey. Stevie B. <laughs> Tony, okay. Tony, Tony. Oh my God. Hell yeah. Paula Abdul. New Kids on the Block. <gasps> Guns and Roses. And Vanessa Williams. Wow. Oh, what a time. All right. So the my favorite part, the top 10 from 1988, according to the metrics that Joel has created for this book. Let's see. <laughs> should we start from number 10? We should start at 10. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Number 10, The Flame by Cheap Trick. One of my favorites. Man in the Mirror, Michael Jackson, number nine. <laughs> get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car, Billy Ocean, number yes. eight. One of the great all-time titles. Yes. I just imagine him, like, I know this. the video wasn't this, but it's him, like a daydream bubble, and like swatting at it and trying to grab the person. <laughs> um, chasing, just chasing it. <laughs> um, number seven, Anything for You, Gloria Estefan and Miami Sound Machine. Um, 
Number six, Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses. Number five, Never Gonna Give You Up, Rick Astley. Ah, uh, we love it. Should have been number one. Mm -hmm. Always. Number four, Look Away, Chicago. <laughs> oh, did that. <laughs> uh, one more. Tell us how you really feel, Ryan. <laughs> no, me <laughs> Maybe Drew should edit that out. That's rude. Um, no, it's a great song. Uh, number three, One More Try, George Michael. Um, number two, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, Poison. And number one, Roll With It, Steve Winwood. Hmm. I've never heard that song. It's a good one. It's a good one. All right, and, and now it's in the playlist, and so I'll have to listen to it. That's right. This is going to be quite the playlist. <laughs> Um, but yeah, very different, uh, very much the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there you have it, folks. 1988, all you need to know. <laughs> nothing changes, time means nothing, progress, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> there was this meme like 10 years ago where it's like post the song that was number one on the Billboard Hot 100, the week of your birth mm -hmm. and i'll never forget mine it's billy joel's we didn't start the fire oh wow nice that's a good one <laughs> are you thinking like right now about the exact week of your birth uh yeah so thinking about the exact week i remember it well <laughs> <laughs> no i think mine was i think mine was kokomo by the beach boys oh hell yeah. yeah i fucking love really? yeah i loved that song when i was a kid and like i found out later i'm like oh Wait, how old are you, Pedro? I'm 33. <laughs> that that feels like a like a 1960s answer <laughs> for some reason. The, no, it's, the no, it was it was in the 80s. You're in the week. Same with Adele. Um, so let's see. Mine number I'm one. Not, I'm not saying that we're both great and icons and legends, but you know. Um, number one for my week was "Love Takes Time," Mariah Carey. Hmm. Nice. I like, I'd rather have Groovers in the Heart Delight, though, which is number oh, four. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We're going to claim Delight for you. I'd also take uh, um, uh, Knockin' Boots by Candyman. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay. That's it. That wraps it up for uh, Storytime Minute, whatever we've called the <laughs> story segment. Time. <laughs> story Time. Doesn't relate at all to the Read, Reads with Ryan. <laughs> uh, yeah, nursery rhymes with mother uncle. Reading Brainbow. Oh. Did you just say breeding rainbow? No, reading Brainbow. Oh, sorry. Oh, Brainbow. Got it. Whoops. Reading. Whoops. Breeding Rainbow. <laughs> no. That sounds Very like a different show. That hey. sounds like a shit posting handle account. <laughs> Well, that was a lot of fun, guys, but we have so much to get to on the show today. <laughs> and love I don't... this. <laughs> Seafoam Walls has been in the has been in the waiting room for ten minutes now. We gotta we gotta no. hurry up. <laughs> no, they haven't. <laughs> no. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What are we listening to today, Ryan? We are listening to Oh My God, a single from Adele's brand new album 30, out now on Columbia Records. The album that everyone is blaming for no one else having vinyl right now, which is half true. Only half true. There's a there's a supply shortage, everybody. Uh, stop blaming Adele. She's doing the best she can. Pedro, what are we drinking to this? 
So we're drinking a, a very delicious shot today that I'm just simply calling a chocolate strawberry. And the reason I'm doing this is because uh, listening to this song and sort of what it's about, it seems like Adele, maybe she's afraid to sort of jump back into the romantic pool of things and and really get into it. So I wanted to make something that kind of loosens you up a little bit um, and has that nice... Uh, has a nice romantic vibe to it, sort of like a, I, I sort of got this idea of like you know chocolate covered strawberries to kind of set the mood. Um, so it's vodka, a good helping of vodka, um, some creme de cacao, and some strawberry milk, and it's like it's kind of sweet, but it's like really strong. So a couple of these, you'll forget how scared you were to try and love again. Promise. Nice. God, that sounds so good. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that I'm drinking Topo Chico on my end, but that's a lie. Today it is uh, mold apple cider. It's that time of year, and I'm getting nice and toasty in my sweater. All right, guys. Hopefully Adele is doing the same. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Well, I have to say I was a little disappointed when I played this song. Not because it's bad. It's a great song, mm. but because I wanted it to be a cover of the Kaiser Chiefs, Oh My God. <laughs> understandable <laughs> that would be a wild move yep i you know what i wouldn't put it past her she surprises um again and again like when she won the grammy that she didn't want to win does anyone remember that remind us oh was that the one where beyonce had also released something that year yeah it was the year that lemonade came out and yeah. adele's accept acceptance speech was like y'all picked wrong <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Queen. I mean, that's a. T shit. I mean, that's a tough race right there. I mean, Beyonce and Adele. Come on. Mm hmm. On a quick yeah. on a quick note, have you heard um, the Lily Allen Mark Ronson cover of "Oh My God" by the Kaiser Chiefs? No, but now that is in the playlist. Fucking get to it. Mm. Yeah, it's off of Mark Ronson's versions. Anyway, we're talking about Adele. We are talking about Adele today. Her long-awaited album Thirty. This has been the longest we have waited between Adele records. Let's get reactions, first of all. Worth the wait? What do we think? Always. Always worth the wait. Yeah, pretty strong. Gotta say. I like this one. It had, uh, kind of has everything, everything we want from Adele, I think. Mm -hmm. All the, has all the strides of an Adele album. Mm -hmm. And they all, each one delivers in a different way. Yeah, I think one thing that really surprised me, because like I would say if I were to pick favorites of her discography, 25 would not have been my favorite. Uh, I do think that she's having a little more fun here. It, it does seem a little bit more upbeat. It reminds me a lot of 21, my mm -hmm. favorite album by her. That was a beast of an album. That was. That was rolling in the deep era. That was like, oh, the wait. Yeah, she did Chasing Pavements, right? I, I was think, about to I, say Chasing Chasing Pavements, yeah. That, but that was like I was about to, that was before 21, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the girl who did Chasing Pavements is like able to like she has this this much range. Mm -hmm. I think this is where everyone was like, "Oh wait, Adele is a force to be reckoned with." Yeah. And I was about to say like was it Chasing Pavements? I was about to say Chasing Waterfalls and then everyone would have been super <laughs> mad at me. I would have been super mad at you. <laughs> this also feels like God, I saw this meme where it was like back in 2011, 2012, she was like, maybe I'll find someone like you. And now Adele is like, maybe you'll find someone like me. Hmm. You grow. Mm -hmm. yeah. Things change. 
What do you think about where she is now? Do you see this as a coming out the other side for her? Mm-hmm. I think so. I don't know if I've tracked her journey as closely as some out there, but it certainly feels like that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing so and kind of uh, really detailing every step of the way and the uncertainty of it. And, and that's really powerful. So I, I really liked it in that way. Yeah, I do love that she like, she's got this theme of naming her albums after like, you know, certain ages in her life. And, uh, and she does a really good job of sort of, sort of sticking to that as far as like the, you know, the, the feeling of her songs and everything and showing her growth in each, in each album. I, I think it's really good. And yeah, it definitely feels like she's like, this is, you know, in your thirties, you sort of feel like you learn a lot about yourself in your thirties and your, your perspective on who you are and what you, your place and things and what you actually deserve and your, your idea of self-worth changes a lot. So yeah, if, if it feels like she's sort of come through and into her own now. Yeah, I learned in my 30s that my hangovers last for two days, mm-hmm. and if I sleep on my side wrong, my back is fucked up for days. Welcome. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Dig deeper, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, your 30s feel like your 20s. I don't feel significantly different until you hang out with people in their 20s and you're like wait no you're exhausting you have too much energy (laughs) kind of yeah well i mean hopefully i mean other than that yeah yeah, like i feel like certain in certain aspects mentally you definitely don't feel any older and you want to and you want to have like the same amount of fun you just there's times when you just fucking can't and you are asking yourself that you're asking you know like the song can i get it (laughs) yes yes and you find out that you often still can but other times you can't (laughs) you find out that with enough sleep the proper diet and amount of hydration you can get it (laughs) unfortunately it does often it takes a decade to find that (laughs) yeah i do feel like i can get it more in my 30s than i could in my 20s and i think that's because i'm giving myself enough time to recharge yeah, well, also, yeah, like, you, I, I feel like in your 30s, you you just learn to, like, value yourself more, and, like, you, you sort of, you, you fig, like, you really figure yourself out in your 30s, I feel like, like, you really sort of get a handle on it. Mm-hmm. Adele is doing so, though, also, right, the big theme is it is kind of going through, coming out the other side of a divorce, and then also mm-hmm. having a kid you're having to work through it with, and explain yeah. it to him, which, that song... Oh, what's the title of the song on that one? Did you guys hear the one with her with that's like has voice memo recordings of her talking oh, to her son? I think it's like the very end, isn't it? Or something like that. Yeah. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. that's pretty pretty heavy, pretty intense um material there. Yeah. I hope the a boy got writer's credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh I've never used voice memos. <laughs> That, that was your reflection on that. That's, yeah. <laughs> I've never used voice memos, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Well, Adele. I can't relate. <laughs> I've never been married. I've never had a kid. I've never used voice memos. Can't relate to this album. It stinks. <laughs> When's she gonna make an album for me? Adele, make the sitting alone in my room listening to Radiohead and reading Dune album. Oh god, That's the one I want. <laughs> Adele, order him killed now if you like, and it will be done. <laughs> this is I want to note something about this though that really 
uh, felt so incredible to me. So there's a Target exclusive of this album. Oh, yeah. So there's a song that is not currently on Spotify, and maybe it will be. I'd assume it would be, but it's a Target exclusive, and it's called Wild Wild West. Um, and it's, it's, it's a not... cover. It's a cover of Will Smith's. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I just love that movie so much. Um, the giant spider. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, but yeah, she's name dropping San Bernardino, Chula Vista, Modesto. Chula Vista, no shit, and yeah. Modesto? I know, it what? was like Alana Del Rey. It was like Alana Del Rey chorus. Yeah, but like those are the places that matter to me. That's right. <laughs> she made an album song for you. Unfortunately, you have to go to Target to get it. I'll go to, tar- I'll go to Target. I'm a fucking slave to Target. I'll buy it. Hold on. Is it also a Target exclusive vinyl? That's a great question. Probably. Mm. Hmm. Does Target sell vinyl? Target does. Yeah, they, there's hardly... there's like a there's like a shelf with like a few. Yeah, I think that they're making a full transition to vinyl because no one buys CDs anymore. That's well, true. that's a good question. Well, they do have it on CD. Um, okay. On vinyl, good question. Look into it, folks, because we cannot be bothered. All right, so this is thirty. We've had twenty-five. We have twenty-three, twenty-one. Wait, do we have twenty? I don't think we have a twenty-three. Okay. Do we? Do we not? Okay. Why? Why don't? Why did I think we had twenty three? Because twenty. Okay. We can cut this out. <laughs> there's a twenty five. Yeah yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say. Right. What, I think there's. I was gonna say what could she have gone through between twenty one and twenty three <laughs> 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 to merit an album? I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. So we have nineteen, twenty one, twenty five, and thirty. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you guys. Which of those ages do you feel was the most formative for you and why? 30. 30, for sure. Well, actually, tw- I would say 29 to 30. Yeah. Because hmm. it was really just like, it became that, that time in my life where I s- just sort of stopped giving a fuck and got in touch with, oh God, this sounds so stupid, got in touch with me and <laughs> just sort of learned about myself and like stopped, um, sort of stopped picturing I stopped having this image of myself like through other people's eyes and stopped letting uh stopped letting myself be so I guess influenced by my like my idea of like the perception that other people had of me I guess and I just stopped caring and just decided that like I wanted to be as happy as I could and enjoy myself and uh and and only choose to do things or be around people that like that I truly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I would say like yeah, thirty. And that's mm-hmm. why we haven't hung out in person since then. Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> she she's busy. I am busy. No, but and mostly mostly like I honestly, m- I think one thing I learned the most is just like to if I don't want to do something and just do like be alone and do nothing, it's fine. So now I do that a lot. <laughs> when did you learn that you didn't like wine oh 18 mm. yeah no I, I've never liked wine sorry anyone out there who loves wine everybody well I don't like it Adele first and foremost there's a I, I mean she does a... she does but I'm not gonna fault her for that she also loves she also loves a good uh, a good vodka martini mm. sidebar for a quick second I was you know pulling up Adele's discography there is an album from 2008 the same year that she released 19 
uh, called 1988, and it's Adele and uh, Mitt Batiske. I don't remember. I don't know how you pronounce his name. <laughs> I, I and like I want to listen to it, but like we're on the air right now. Right. I'm wondering if it's like a remix album. It looks like it's just yeah. It looks like it's a bunch of remixes. Oh, there you go. Interesting. 1988, the year she was born. Mm-hmm. Listeners, check that out. Huh. Anywho, now it's on the playlist. Ryan, what was the most formative year of those for you? I think the one you're talking about actually is like a self-released. You said, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say I don't. I don't know if it's like I don't think it's I on Spotify. It's official. Yeah, interesting. It's on. It's on SoundCloud. Ah, well, that's different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because that makes the exploring 1988 segment uh, especially applicable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say probably 25. 25 is a big one. That was the mid-tier of the 20s, and that was a big turning point for sure. Um, I think there's so many formative points. 30 is definitely a big one. But yeah, 25 was the, I felt like I was exiting, coming over the hump of the 20s. It was time to get real with certain things. So yeah, that's the age I pick. And I feel like my musical, I feel like that's a formative age for musical tastes too. Like there's all this research that shows that that's when you kind of stop many people, like your average person stops exploring other music genres like you're sort of going to be set in what you're always going to listen to and that and i feel like there is actually a time where you sort of consciously or unconsciously make that choice of i'm going to stick with what i like or i'm going to keep exploring stuff out there mm-hmm. i'm going to keep going i'm going to keep digging and it's really tempting to want to like kind of stop and not really actively pursue anything anymore just to throw on the <laughs> shit you know but give uh, up at 25 <laughs> and i definitely had that feeling you know and but it was formative, I think, in a way where it was like, no, I'm going to keep trying to find something. I'm just going to keep trying to find the next thing that's going to blow my mind this week. So there you have it. I feel that. Yeah, for me, like, I, I think mine is delayed. Like, my 25 is going to happen around 38 because... <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> because I didn't, really, I didn't really listen to music except, like, what my parents were playing until I was 12, 13 years old. And I went out and bought... I was like, I'm going to listen to something besides country music. And I went out to FYE and I bought Astro Lounge by Smash Mouth. And, you know, say what you will about Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth just knocked down the door for my musical taste. Like, they were my entry point into everything else. That's how bad it was, folks. That's how bad it was. (laughs) Look, that album is a banger. I can sing it front to back. There are no bad songs. Uh, And then, of course, Shrek came out two years later. So we have uh, just a prime period in pop culture uh for me let me think i i feel you on on 25 ryan i feel like i have just vague memories of my life before and like 25 is where like i finally like got my routine together and my career and like the way i thought about the world but i'm gonna stick with 30 like 30 i think is where i developed (laughs) self-awareness to be frank and like started really listening to myself and confronting like a lot of uh maladaptive behaviors and i think i'm still working on that but i can often have dialogues with myself and just be like why are you feeling this way like um what's going on with you is this just something physical like are you just having like a physical anxiety attack are you like upset about something and like understanding that you aren't your feelings like that came with 30 we all we like to say I am sad, I am angry, but you are not. 
you're you're still you you feel anger you feel sadness and when you recontextualize like that it doesn't feel overpowering so yeah self-awareness at 30 continuing that journey maybe that's where adele is right now it kind of feels that way to me like there definitely is reflection and like this acute self-awareness there yeah that i think makes this like a really really deep dive indeed I think that's a good note to leave things off on. Who wants to transition to our musical guest for the day? Please. Ooh, yes, me. please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Is that going to be your new... Your new that's, that's my new catchphrase. Ooh, me. <laughs> Burst in at a party. <laughs> Ooh, me. Ooh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about who we have with us today. They are a four-piece band from Miami that defy the constraints of genre. They combine flavors of jazz, shoegaze, rock, hip-hop, and Afro-Caribbean rhythms into a delicious stew they've dubbed Caribbean Jazz Gaze, which I would love to see a whole Spotify playlist of. They've received raves from the like of NPR, Afropunk, Brooklyn Vegan, and Flood Magazine, and they're here today to talk all about their first full-length album, 16, a collection of songs as ethereal journeys into self-identity, philosophy, and navigating a crumbling society. Plus, it's just a lot of fun to listen to. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Seafoam Walls to the pod. Woo! Woo! Boo. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Can we just get like a a go around of the room with your name and what you do in the band, just so listeners can distinguish because you know they can't see your uh, lovely faces. <laughs> Roll call. Cool. Uh, I'm Jose. I play the MPC. I'm Dion. I play guitar. I'm Giant, and I sing and play guitar. And awesome. Josh, fourth member, plays bass, but he's um, not here today. And he will be voiced by the instrument he plays, <laughs> much like uh, Peter and the Wolf, right? <laughs> well, even though he's not here, he's here with us in spirit. And first, I just, I, I want to get into your sound. It's so vibrant. There's so much in it. And you call it Caribbean Jazz Gaze. And this might be a bit of a loaded question, but how did all of these influences coalesce into the music you wanted to make? It was a desire to a sound like a just sound different from what was already out there. Uh, a lot of garage rock and indie rock, and I I did like those styles, but I liked the bands that like really did something that stood apart from the crowd. Like like even though DOCs was like uh, garage rock. Like they were, I don't know, like they just have a very distinct sound and style. Like, you know, John Dwyer is playing guitar when you hear. Mm. And it's like, even bands like White Denim too. Like, I really like them and how versatile they were. And like, that's what I like. To, I, I really like being versatile. And that's why it was important to me to be open to like a lot of different styles. Because if I wasn't open to learning, I was just going to be stuck and, and like a, it, it would just be easy to get pigeonholed. I think, yeah, it's very hard to pigeonhole your sound. And 
for listeners, I, I highly suggest that you pause right now, go into the episode description, and actually listen to 16 before we continue this conversation. Because it really is unlike anything I've heard. And I've been trying to describe to friends what your sound sounds like. And you all often have to use uh, things that already exist to kind of get them there. And I'm like, okay, so like, imagine that you're on a beach with a Mai Tai and you're just away from everyone and you want to listen to TV on the radio, but you don't want to, to break the vibe. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you know what? That's like, that's something that really bothered me when, uh, when we appeared on certain bills because it was just like, it would be like DJs or, or like these really upbeat punk bands. And then we had like these kind of like melancholy songs. And, and this was before we had like all the percussion and electronic drums. So it had like a different feel to it. And it was like, I just always felt like I was like bringing the room down after a show. And like, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> but it's interesting that you said that because I was like, I felt like, adding these drums just kind of gave it like a different, like, like a breath of life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. There is a lot of life in here, even though you've said that these songs, uh, when you were writing them, your worldview was crumbling and that a new wave of activism and intersectionality was shifting the way you thought and wrote. Before we start talking about what we would drink to this album, I want to know what exactly was happening for you that caused this shift in your songwriting? Oh, man. <laughs> I think it was, it, it was mostly the, the, that wave of feminism that brought in the Me Too movement because like a lot of, like I was just noticing a lot of the patterns and, uh, and just behaviors that, you know, they were criticizing. And I started to see people that I was close to working near. And it was just like, wow, this is, it's just weird. Like, it was just like some eye-opening moments. And and some moments, it, it, it brought about to lineup changes at some point. It got that bad, but, you know. Like within the band? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. And other bands. I mean, just it was happening like left and right throughout the scene. I think it's still going, too. This has been happening, I think, in especially the punk scene for um, or I guess it would be more the mainstream punk scene. That's a lot of uh, the the Me Too movement has really shifted um, not just band lineups, but who was even out there playing. I remember uh, a good um, one of my favorite bands, July Talk, were on tour with Nothing But Thieves, and they just dropped out entirely because like a bunch of things were coming out. And even recently, a couple of my favorite bands are still being outed as, uh, unfortunately, abusers. And I think that this has been a long time coming, and I really think it's so good that we're embracing this. Like, Punk is especially is supposed to be this inclusive space. And when you find yeah. out that like that's not what it is, you know, it's time to clean up. A lot of garage rock bands too, but you know uh who didn't get caught up on it? John Dwyer. Uh-huh. Here. 
<laughs> we stand. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's take a step back from how serious this conversation has gotten. And I, I kind of want to focus once again on the sound. We are a podcast that likes to mix senses. And for us, it is sound, it is taste, it is smell. What would you guys, Ryan, Pedro, and even uh, you guys in the band, Seafoam Walls, what would you drink while listening to this album? I'd definitely drink a painkiller. <laughs> I mean, it's got like all the tropical flavors and everything, and it's strong. And I think we need that. <laughs> is a painkiller a type of cocktail? Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's a, so it's got like rum, it's got coconut, pineapple, um, lime, orange juice, all that stuff. It's like just a bunch of really good um sweet flavors but yeah it'll 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 kill it'll kill the pain <laughs> <laughs> all right cool that's funny you went the tiki route as well pedro i was oh, gonna yeah. i picked a uh, zombie a zombie cocktail <laughs> oh <laughs> this is another one i was thinking this is What's so that? Uh, we're not hip to the yeah the zombie. <laughs> the zombie is it's yeah it's another very sweet tiki one it's got like um uh it's got like dark rum orange juice uh passion fruit pineapple papaya um yeah it's very very sweet but the dark rum adds you know a nice element to it yeah. and i think it's also got like white rum in it it's got yes oh of usually. course yes i like yeah. the zombie i like zombie as a concept too not to get too heady but getting into worldview shifting and kind of this there's some themes in here that i definitely felt like were dystopian and it was a very kind of woozy journey on this one especially in songs like ai and so i felt <laughs> that was very dystopian <laughs> yeah and very and some of the chord shifts too and the um the time shifts really are it's it makes me think of um i've been thinking about the cli climate change and the <laughs> that a lot recently as well and the idea that it's really a slow creep and a slow moving thing rather than one large event. And so this kind of slow drag into it, this dread filled drag into it was kind of something I was thinking about a lot with this album. So a zombie. <laughs> Good choice. Oh man. I I'm feeling, you know, Ryan, I had gone 12 hours without thinking about the climate apocalypse and you just ruined <laughs> Uh, I can't stop thinking about it. For me, I, I want to go in a little more of a positive direction just because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I just like to turn my brain off and enjoy the sound of a record. I had a conversation with a friend recently about lyrics versus sound. And I think that for me, it, 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 I, both are important, but I move in one direction. I start with the sound. And if the sound hooks me, I start getting really into what is being said. And I want to start with the sound on this one. I also chose a tiki cocktail because I'm currently doing something called the Grog Log at one of my favorite tiki bars in Los Angeles. <laughs> it is a list of 78 official cocktails that you have to drink all in a year. And it's always Russian roulette. You go to the bar, they take your, your sheet that has to be signed by the bartender, and they give you whatever the heck they want to make. And this one was one of my favorites so far. It's called Pieces of Eight. It is passion fruit, light rum, lemon, and lime. And 
with those simple ingredients, you just get this burst of color and flavor. And I feel like that's how I feel listening to your music. It just lures you in. It opens up. There is there is so much detail in there. So pieces of eight for me. Is that Josh? Did Josh show up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Josh. Thanks, guys. <laughs> what about you guys? Is there anything that you like to sip on while making your music? Singing the <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think about. <laughs> we had a show recently, and they they gave us fifty drink tickets, mm-hmm. and it was like an afternoon show. But oh shit! Afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, it was sponsored by tequila, so we, I feel like just a nice tequila would probably be my choice, I guess. Nice. Did you say it was sponsored by tequila? Or uh, yeah, Tito's. Oh, Tito's, oh. okay. I'd say like generally tequila. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good, yeah. All of the ambassadors of tequila joined forces on this tax task force <laughs> to sponsor the Seafoam Walls show. Jose, Julio. <laughs> Everybody. Thank you for putting that into the universe. <laughs> We're very good at manifesting things here. Um, a lot of bands that we've mentioned offhand in the show have eventually like come on and talked to us. So we're, we're helping you out. It's <laughs> true. Oh, yeah. This is... It seemed like there were, more, there were more drinks. Sounds like you were going to elaborate a little more on that. Oh, I mean, I, I like whiskey sour, so I might be like whiskey sour or something like that. Um, or I might, you know, if I'm kicking it for real, I'll probably do like a steel reserve. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just I don't know. I, I like the one and done or like two and done type vibe. Smart. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. What's on the what's on the writer? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, definitely a gin and tonic for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Just a nice, easy drink. No more of the days of the rum and cokes. You can't really go wrong. Like yeah, I I remember being in college and doing a lot of rum and cokes, and I I was like I I thought I grew up when I changed my base liquor to whiskey. I'm like, oh, I've I've become more sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> whiskey coke, please. Giant, I think had one. Oh yeah. Oh, the uh, penicillin. That's a good one oh, too. Oh yeah. Ooh. Not not the not the cocktail. He just downs <laughs> penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> and painkillers. What is <laughs> penicillin <laughs> and painkillers? <laughs> that is a good tour drink. I feel like when you're around a lot of people in different cities, having that seems like a good choice. This is a great bar menu, and we should definitely make it for the next Seafoam Walls show. But we have a little bit of time left. I want to get back into talking about the album. I, you know, it was very hard for me to come up with the questions that I wanted to ask on this segment because I feel like there's, I could talk for an hour about it. Uh, But I want to focus in on the song C, the one that we are going to be listening to. I think there's this amazing line. Um... It goes, how come we never question the good? I want to ask you guys, why do you think it's important for us to question the good that happens? Because sometimes it's not that good. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's asking to to be a bit more vigilant like not every good deed is like a good deed like you gotta i don't know sometimes you have to ask why is this person just or maybe that's <laughs> i don't know if that's a some kind of problem i <laughs> but it makes me think like sometimes it's so easy to just like you want something to be good so bad and like you just don't like you, you can delude yourself so easily into just like getting comfortable with it when really you're in a bad situation or it's not actually good for you or good for someone else maybe even sometimes you have to like look outside yourself and see like what what's going on like and what it's actually doing to you or the people around you um and it's yeah it sucks to have to like look at that and be like oh wow maybe this isn't good that's like that's the hardest part yeah I, I mean, that's kind of what that song was about. It was like confronting that that idea that like, I mean, just facing a harsh reality. Like the first line of the song was, I see you in a way uh, unprepared for the world that manifests in your head. Because it's like, I might have this ideal uh, version of what I think, you know, the way things should be. And then what I might have to give up for that, you know, Am I prepared to give up those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just something I think about when I start getting too idealistic and just kind of like trying to ground myself. Yeah, I think that's very important to think about because you can get overwhelmed by the amount of work that needs to be done to change the world. You often forget that you are one person and that you can't come into... Uh, you, you can't come into a place where you're going to be a part of the solution unless you ground yourself, unless you're taking care of yourself, and unless you know where you can focus your attention that doesn't stretch you too far. At least that's how I think about it, how I try to remember when I feel overwhelmed. And we are just about out of time, but I want to open this question up to the group. This album is a lot about changing your perspective. And I want to ask everyone in the room, what's something that happened to you recently that caused you to see the world in a new way? Persistence and following, you know, like a a path that you want to take in life. Um, I've really taken that by the horns and I feel like most of my life is now going in a direction that I've been trying to manifest. Um, And I feel like that has helped my perspective immensely and uh, in the push for goals and everything. So for me, even tying back to that last question, like um, just thinking of what's good and questioning what's good and stuff. I feel like the creating music for me always is kind of like a therapeutic thing where I always try to clear my head. And when I go into making music and with this band, I'm trying to always just discover something new, whether it's good or bad. I try to even take those things out of my head. I'm just like, want to make honest music and that feels connected to what's going on um, in everyone's life in the world and everything and just not even directly relating to what's going on like it doesn't it's more abstract in my own head I feel but I'm like it's always connected to that place and I'm like just putting it out there in an honest way that I feel always approaching it as a blank canvas and I don't really want to be influenced by anything else other than what's just in my own head and just that's like a refreshing feeling i have um, with this band 
uh, I think for me is like realizing um, like your own self worth and also just being able to hold yourself accountable. You know, usually everybody is quick to point fingers at other people. And I think sometimes when you like help, like in a healthy way, you know, look back at yourself like as a parent, like, okay, what do I need to change? What do I need to improve on? And really just being honest with yourself instead of like letting uh, even other people like give you like this delusion of progress or uh, like some kind of image they have of you. And I started listening to that and kind of figuring out for yourself. You got one, Giant? Uh -huh. <laughs> got too many <laughs> uh i was just kind of pursuing this pretty blindly at some point and not not really caring what any what anybody had to say about it i was just trying to you know make the best music that i thought was possible uh, and it's hard to say if what happened with our music and like this opportunity meeting Thurston Moore, if it was just like luck or, I don't know, all those times I even thought about questioning, stopping, I, I'm glad I didn't. And for listeners, this is uh, 16 dropped on Thurston Moore and Eva Prince's Daydream Library series imprint, which, you know, is, is awesome. Um, yeah, if we had more time, I, I wanted to get into that. But go look at their catalog. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Oh, Ryan, did you want to say something? Oh, I wanted to hear a little bit more about how that happened, but I guess we are uh, oh, no, we can, low on time. We, we can definitely talk about that a little bit. Like, how did that happen? I was at uh, the Botanical Garden near my house, the Center for Subtropical Affairs, and they were having a, their weekly jazz night. And Ava happened to be there that night. And I had an argument with a friend and she was trying to console me. And my cousin and my friend show up and they're like trying to shift the conversation to uh, away from this argument into uh, my music. Because uh, I think he had caught wind that she had a, a label. So... I gave her a link of my music before she left and they listened to it on the car ride home. And Thurston was doing a, a record signing at a local record shop and she arranged to have us meet and talk about possibly releasing a, a single. And they found out that we had a whole album just ready to go. We just had to get it mixed and mastered. And they were like, well, did you just want to do like a whole album? Like, That'd be amazing if you just said no. <laughs> nah. nah, we're good. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I, you know, I, like I said, I could talk about this forever, but unfortunately, I think what our listeners got was only a fraction of uh, where to go with this. Go listen to 16, everyone. It's in the link in the episode description there's something for everybody and like i said just grab a mai tai go into your room and just you know chill out and if you want to get really into it uh start letting the existential dread creep in <laughs> once again thank you guys thank you for taking time out of your morning to talk to us today
And thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform and check out some more of Pantheon's amazing music-based pods. Please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. It helps us out so much. And if you scroll down to the bottom of the episode description, you'll find a link where you can donate directly to the show. Every dollar goes to, to the Drew Franzblau Totino's Pizza Roll Fund. <laughs> Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by that lovable Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Now, without further ado, here is C by Seafoam Walls. Cheers. 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 Thank you.